0: This is Chris Nessie, founder of the Education Podcast Network. ISTE 2019 is right around the corner, and we're hosting
1: an Education Podcast Network meetup. Come out on Sunday, June 23rd at 6 p.m. at Pat's King of Steaks and meet all your favorite Education Podcast Network podcasters and connect with other listeners. We're going to have an old-fashioned cheesesteak challenge. We're going to eat at Pat's. We're going to eat at Gino's. We're going to have a good time, talk podcasting, and we'd love to see you there. Come out on June 23rd
0: at 6 p.m. if you're going to be in Philly for ISTE 2019. I look forward to seeing you there. Now, back to the podcast. Hi, I'm Amber Harper, host of the Burned In Teacher Podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Just like the podcast you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Be sure to check out our other podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Hello, Magicians. I am Dr. Sam Fessage, the host of the Edumagic podcast. I am a professor of education at a liberal arts college in Western Pennsylvania, where I have the honor of teaching pre-service educators each day in areas related to educational technology and special education. As you know, I published a book in 2018 titled EduMagic, A Guide for Pre-Service Teachers. I had no idea that pre-service teachers would take to it as they did. I heard so many stories from around the world of future educators, I knew I had to do something to share their stories. So, enter stage right Magic podcast. Each week, you will receive tangible advice and strategies to help you rock your college career and be an educator of excellence. Remember, friends, teaching doesn't begin when you walk across the stage at graduation, but instead, teaching begins during your first college class at 8 a.m. So, let's get the party started. Friends, with me today, I have an amazing guest. Barbara Gruner. Among being a coach, mentor, speaker, and author, Barbara is an educator with many years of experience teaching all grade levels, K-12. through 12. Our conversation is full of laughs, advice, and amazing teaching stories. So without further ado, Barbara Gruner. Barbara, tell me a little bit about your teaching journey and what got you into education.
1: Well, I think it's really my first and second grade teacher who took a hyper young know-it-all and said, hey, Barbie, why don't you go to the library and help Julie understand what I just taught? So I really knew from the first grade that I was going to be a teacher, but I officially earned that first BS in English and Spanish in the May of 1984 from the University of Wisconsin in Madison. I stayed in Wisconsin for a year where I started a Spanish department and was able to teach English nine. Before moving to Texas, I ended up in the Houston area on vacation that summer, and I just kind of stayed. Then i it was so fun. (laughs) I I found a job. They were paying a lot more. And so I thought, oh, I could uh, pay off some of uh, my car. And so I packed up that little Toyota Tercel and came on down here. And then I earned subsequent degrees, master's in education and then master's in school counseling. So I taught for 10 years before I moved from the classroom into an office and became a school counselor, first at the high school level because I had been trained in secondary education where I taught Spanish and English. And then I moved afterward about 15 years after my journey started i moved to a pre k through 3rd campus and yeah that was really a big switch to think you could go from secondary to elementary and at first when the kids wanted to hug me i'm like whoa 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 what are you doing we do not hug because i had been at the high school level where you were just supposed to be careful because you know you weren't much older than they were when you came straight out of college. But I learned to love those hugs. I got really good at them. I stayed in pre-K through third grade for 14 years. And then when my third graders moved next door to a third, fourth, and fifth, I was asked to go with them and transferred to an intermediate. So after 34 years and then practice or growth in every single grade, pre-K through 12th, I decided it was time last May for my encore career. So this past year, I haven't been in a school of my own, but I've been in schools all over the nation, making school visits and doing teacher workshops and growth sessions.
0: Wow. My gosh, you have done it all. Like you said, pre-K to 12th grade. And I love how you say my encore career. That's so beautiful. We're so blessed to have you join us today to share some insights for that next generation of teachers coming down the line. But before we get into that, can you think back to your college days back at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and think through what was one of your most favorite or meaningful teaching moments during that time?
1: You know, there were so many, but I think my very favorite is the fact that my supervising teacher, whose name was Mark, and he was in a high school doing junior English and junior speech classes. He basically told me that every day you're going to be faced with a series of decisions every single day. And I don't want you to sweat the small stuff. If they need to go to the bathroom, (laughs) give them agency and they know if they need to use the bathroom. If that becomes a problem, we can certainly restore and correct later. But those small things, like you do not need to micromanage. Don't sweat the small stuff. And what that did was set me on a course for the importance of student voice and choice. And that's empowerment, right? Kind of leads into to even the superpower kind of theme for my book, which would have been written 30 years later. But I'm so grateful to Mark for that wisdom because yeah, you're, you know, you're managing a classroom. So you want to manage decisions, but you kind of forget sometimes that the kids, you know, they're leaders. We just need to get out of their way and let them
0: lead. Absolutely. I love that. Don't sweat the small stuff. But you talk a little bit about your book and I think I want to bring it up here just because we talked about the Ian empowerment. Do you mind giving us a little <laughs> elevator pitch about your book, where we can find it?
1: I was so thankful and proud to be able to put my stories down into writing. I had been blogging them out since 2008. And when a publisher heard me speak in the fall of 2013, she said, she actually asked a different question. She said, Why don't you have a book? And over the years, people had said, do you have a book? Where can I get your book? And I would always say, it's it's available for free online. Just visit my blog. You know, you don't have to buy anything. You can just get that for free. But Marion actually from Nelson Publishing said, you know, it's a different market to the people that actually want a paper copy of your book. So if you could pull some of those things from your blog and then add some new content, I think you could have a really good a really good book. And the session she had heard me speak in was called Character is Our Superpower. And so I was writing so eager for a title. What's my title? What's my title? And she said, no, the title comes last. You're going to write the book. And so I sat down and wrote the book. I used a superhero's acrostic. So S is for service. U is for unconditional love and so on. Things that superheroes might know before they come to the rescue. And in the end, she said, oh my goodness, one of your chapters has this phrase that I absolutely love. I think we need to use it for the title. And the phrase was, what's under your cape? And basically, like, what's in your heart? How are you going to love and and make the world a better place because of your kindness footprint and your ability to come to the rescue and go from me to we to serve? And so what's under your cape? Superheroes of the character kind is the title. It is on, available at my blog on the corner of character and also at Amazon.com. And I sign every copy that we send out. Pray over it and bless it, and and just so grateful that I was able to put some of my stories and strategies into paper, so that other character educators can do the work.
0: Barbara, I wish I could you could see my face. I'm over here nodding and smiling and saying, I'm thinking to myself, I just I just want to say, yes, I totally agree. Oh, this is wonderful. <laughs> um, but we're on a podcast, so you can't see any of that. But. Well, I can hear it in your voice. Thank oh, you. Thank you. And I'll be sure to pop all that in our show notes. The link to Barbara's website where we can find it on Amazon. Also links to her social media so we can reach out to her on there. So we're going to switch gears a little bit here to talk about some advice for pre-service teachers because it's so important to raise up that next generation of educators coming through and rising up. So if you had some advice for pre-service teachers, I see we have a, we're going to talk a little bit about how it fits into Magic, And I see your first one is all about megapixels. Could you share a little bit about your advice in regards to that?
1: Well, at the risk of sounding cliche, I really want to ask pre-service teachers, why be ordinary when you can be extraordinary? I want you to think about how you want your students to remember you, what you want them to say when they leave you, when they come back to thank you, or on the day that you retire. And then I want you to do that stuff spice up your lessons with music. Oh, I love the ukulele. I make up songs all the time and and just fumble along. And I've only learned to play it in the last three years. But when I was a Spanish teacher, we played games. The kids would race to the board. We played around the world. We played Jeopardy and Family Feud. When I was in pre-K through third, I pulled out some puppets that were left behind by the counselor before me. And the power of the puppet the hook, the engagement, my first, oh, I had no idea. It was my first fire drill. And I come outside with the kids and they're like, where's Seymour? And I was like, oh, uh, uh, do they think the puppet comes out in the fire drill too. And I like had no idea I had given that little seal such a personality that those children believed it was real and wondered why I left him in the schoolhouse to burn. And I was no, 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 no. It's just a drill. It's just a drill. He'll come out. (laughs) I, I, I just wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for the magical thinking, but I loved it. And I capitalized on it because kids, once you've connected will paint the world for you they will do whatever you ask them to and they will grow and they will learn and they will morph and transform into these beautiful beings who keep the dream that Seymour actually has a brain and a heart alive because that's pretend play which leads us into imagination which leads us to empathy which is one of the most glorious skills can you imagine empathy for a puppet because I didn't bring him outside for that very first elementary fire drill. I just think it, it just fires us up. We have the chance, we have the chance to learn and grow. And when I was able to keynote at the National Forum on Character Education, I called my keynote kindness is the real global warming. Not because I'm trying to be edgy or controversial, but because I'm trying to get people to think about that terrific trio, empathy compassion and kindness, planting seeds of empathy, which is your mindset and compassion, which is your heart set and kindness, which is your skill set. And then you go to work. Your character is is put to the test every single day. It's how you show up and it's how it feels in your classroom. And I hope your classroom feels like a place where people want to pull up a chair and stay for a very long time. Wow,
0: that was beautiful. I love how you said, once you connect with your students, they paint the world for you. Isn't that so true? And that connection, that relationship with your students, it's absolutely fundamental.
1: Absolutely. And I knew that from a young age, I would have done anything for my great aunt Norma, who was my first and second grade teacher, Miss Natsky during the day and aunt Norma at night. And here's the thing, upon her death, we were celebrating her life at the funeral. The minister said, if you were Miss Natsky's favorite, please stand up. And my friends, I thought I had it locked in. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And I stand up with the rest of the entire congregation because she had taught for 50 years. In fact, she had no children of her own, but we were all her kids. And more importantly, we were all her favorite.
0: That is a life well lived and a legacy well remembered. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that little antidote there. What is your one piece of advice that you want to give to pre-service teachers out there?
1: I'm going to say kids before content, because before they're students and learners and on their way to college and the workforce, they're humans with a heartbeat. And I would have to say when I started out, I was teaching Spanish first, man, I wanted you to conjugate verbs with the best of them. And we studied the bullfight and we made codices and we studied Dia de los Muertos. And I wanted you to have the best accent and be the best Spanish speaker around. But but if you came to me in tears, I wanted to write you a pass to the counselor. So instead of being there and instead of being sensitive and and being the mom in the classroom, I was kind of, okay, sort of really sending them away to to regroup and come back when they were ready, conjugate some more verbs. And it embarrasses me. And I think those first kids got ripped off because I'm not sure that I got that message, kids before content. But Being in the moment and unwrapping the present with those kids, you're going to get that time back when those kids know that you love them, when they're comfortable emoting and bringing their heartbeat to you and your classroom. And then they're not going to be conjugating anything if their hamster has died or their parents are splitting up or on their heart, if it's too heavy. And they want to talk to you, not some guidance counselor in an office. And I am not dogging school counselors. I was one of them, but I always believed that I was secondary. And that first and foremost was kind of that teacher, mom, or dad of that class family.
0: I love how you say unwrapping the present with them, being in that moment with them, helping them through their struggles, being with them through their joy. That is a true role of a, of a great educator, and when you say, "I think my I ripped my first year students off," I think every teacher feels the way. If I could go back and do what I know now, what what great teaching is, and what I what I could have done for those students, I wish I could go back. But we learn and we grow and we reflect, and that's what makes teaching a evolving process.
1: Yes, in fact, I have one story that I love to tell when I am out training and working with teachers. My dad always said, find something good in every student, kind of like Aunt Norma's message, find a way to make them your favorite. And I had this kid named Drax, and I didn't really care that much for Drax. He didn't want to be there, and I didn't want him there, and you know, this is an elective, and you can elect to get out of here, but he needed the credit, so he was there, and I tried tutoring, and it didn't work, and I would say, Daddy, if Drax just wasn't... I mean, I'm calling long distance to tell my dad, if Drax just wasn't in my class everything would be perfect. And my dad said, Barbara, it is your job to find something you like about him. Then his sister came along. It turned out his sister was on my freshman volleyball team. I called my dad. I love his sister. Does that count? And my dad said, well, no, actually, no, you have to find something you love about this kid. What are his strengths? I'm like, yeah, he plays basketball. That's all he cares about. And and I'm here to tell you, I didn't find anything that year. And His mom met with me at the end of the year. She gave me two pairs of earrings to thank me for trying. And I always said, if I have a chance to meet Jax again, I owe him an apology. 20 years later, 20 years later, it was time for their um, high school reunion. And I happened to be back as the mom of a daughter who was in the band. They made an announcement for anybody in the audience. Come on down and meet the grads from 19, let's just say 89, on the Football field on the 50 yard line, and I I, just, I wasn't even going to go down there. I didn't I know they're grown ups now, they're 38, I'm not going to recognize them. My husband said, Groon, go down there. So I did, I'm shaking hands, and I come to this kid, and I'm like, oh, It's draft. And I am on the 50 yard line, and I've got an opportunity to ask for forgiveness, but the, the you know, you have the devil and the angel on your shoulder going, do it, don't do it, do it, don't do it. You said you were going to do it. You've told a lot of people you're going to do this. I reached out my hand and I said, Ector. And he said, dude, it's Drax. I go, I'm, I know, but Hector was your Spanish name. Anyway, I owe you an apology and I'm shaking this kid's hand on the, you know, on the 50 and he's like, uh, excuse me. I said, do you know what? I did not, I did not treat you very well. I, I didn't think you were invested in Spanish. And so I didn't take the time to invest in you. And I just want you to know that I am so, so sorry. And he's like, dude, I was a turd. And I said, be that as it may, I was the grown up, and it was my job to find something that I appreciated about you. So I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And he kind of pulls me into an embrace and he says, Hey, it turned out pretty good. And I'm like, Okay, I think that's as close to forgiveness as I'm going to get, but I feel like I was so blessed with that opportunity because I didn't ever want to be that teacher that you didn't come back to thank or or to talk to or to connect with. I, I wanted to catch them all. Yeah, I wanted to reach them all.
0: It just goes back to that advice, kids before content. So important. Thank you for sharing. You want to be that teacher that kids come back like, oh, remember that time in your class or oh, you were my favorite teacher and this is why. Because we invest in students. We invest in their heart.
1: Yeah. I had a student the other day reach out and she said, I was singing head and shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes in Spanish. And I realized that was in my brain for 30 years. I just want to thank you for imprinting that on my heart. And I thought, okay, who is still singing that 30 years later? That just makes my soul sing.
0: All right. So we're going to get into our fast five real quick answers on this one. So who do you recommend pre-service teachers follow on Twitter or Instagram and why should they follow?
1: Okay. Well, there's this amazing, amazing fifth grade teacher in Meridian, Texas. Her name is Jessica Chandler. She went from first last year to fifth this year. So she's had a steep learning curve. She moved from urban to suburban, no, from suburban to rural. Jessica Chandler, I believe it's Chandler Teach is phenomenal. I would also say Mrs. Monty's class, Barbie Monty, she has let me adopt her class this year. Again, fifth graders in Florida, and they've just researched empathy. And wow, with kids like these leading the way, our future looks bright. So those are my top two teacher recommendations. For principals, I would follow Jay Billy. He's out in New Jersey leading the way with culture and climate. And then Bethany Hill, she's in Arkansas and she leads hashtag joyful leaders. She started that and she's just on fire with inspiration, joy, and to challenge knowing that not everything is good, but everything can be great.
0: I second Jay Billy. I got to meet him at an ESEC conference, I want to say about four years ago. It was a New Jersey, Pennsylvania conference, and he was a speaker there. And yes, Bethany Hill and hashtag Joyful Leaders, excellent place to go connect, learn, engage, be encouraged, and also, like you said, challenged by administrators in the field. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. What is one tech tool that you love using in your classroom?
1: Okay, so this is pretty funny because when I was in the classroom, we basically had a VHS player. And then channel one came along. And so we got TV's. And if I needed a sub, and Spanish subs were hard to come by, then the kids would watch E.T. in Spanish. <laughs> so I'm going to be, um, I do know about Flipgrid. I think that's way cool. And if I were back in the classroom, I would be using Seesaw or Flipgrid. As a school counselor, I definitely used technology sparingly, but the apps that have come along for the practice of mindfulness, Calm is probably our favorite. But there's Stop, Breathe, and Think, there's Shine, Headspace. There are so many apps for meditation and mindfulness that help the kids bring that calm to their hearts and souls so that their minds are sharper and more focused.
0: I love that. Thank you. And we'll have all those apps listed in the show notes. Uh, What song gets you pumped up to teach that I need to add to my Spotify playlist? Okay,
1: I'm going to go with two. The first one is from a recent movie by Shakir. It's called Try Everything. I think it's from Zootopia. And it just fires me up. It just basically is like, there is nothing that you can't do. So go ahead and give it a shot and fail forward in that whole growth mindset message. The second one has a similar message. Um, It's by Rose Falcon, and it says, up, up, up as a title it's a little bit older but it's the same kind of lemons into lemonade theme kind of just that growth mindset and get ready or not here i come that's how it starts and i just think it's important that kids know that you delight in their presence and and you have that oh there you are. And so when she sings, get ready or not, here I come. That's a message I would like students to have that wherever they go, they can light up that room and working on turning those lemons into lemonade.
0: I love it. Those are excellent, excellent choices. I'll be adding those to the spotlight playlist for everyone to rock out to. And your favorite teaching accessory, which I think is really interesting that you have listed here. Can you share a little bit more about it? Okay, for the littles, it was definitely
1: the puppets, and we've talked about Seymour already, and Seymour ended up having just a tribe of friends because kids would bring me their discarded puppets, and I would bring them to life. When I moved to 3rd, 4th, and 5th, I wasn't sure, even though they were my kids, that they would be continue to be sold on puppets, so I picked up the ukulele. This summer, I was headed to 3rd, 4th, and 5th, and we ended up with 14 ukuleles and a ukulele lab you know what even with high school kiddos cuz we would have mentors come by they would sit with my little's in the lab and just strum on that ukulele. I always said that high school kids are just little kids in bigger bodies. So really anything with music, you know, to strum out a ditty or a song or or to just think, "Oh, I can't play that in two notes. You've got a chord." And we would always never let a day go by without singing "You Are My Sunshine" or the lava song to one another. So music whether you're playing it on a CD or streaming it, whether you've got a ukulele, a harmonica or a guitar, whatever your medium, music or puppets are the greatest hook. Do not leave home without those.
0: I love it. So make sure we all pack a puppet or two into our teaching bags right next to the ukulele. Those are excellent. Thank you so much. And what are you currently binging on Netflix or Hulu? Okay, that's
1: actually pretty funny because more full disclosure, I'm not really on either one of those. Uh, however, I did ask my college age son for a Netflix tutorial because Brene Brown has a series now on Netflix. And so I am about to learn. I've been more of a podcast or like a, you know, hard copy of a book girl, but I, I am going to be bringing myself into <laughs> the techno world a little bit more now that Brene Brown is on Netflix.
0: Ooh, I have to check out that series. Now, you say you're a podcast girl. Do you have a favorite podcaster too that you can shout out for our pre-service teachers to subscribe to? Yes, Morgan
1: Michael out of um, British Columbia has one called Kind Sight One Hundred and One. It's so good. It features so many people doing so much climate work on kind and caring schools, and she's really gotten some amazing guests. And then the most recent one that I'm really enjoying is Sarah Johnson's In Awe podcast. I was drawn to it because in awe, just the word awe is my one word for this year. So in awe has been something I've been looking for now that I don't have students kind of in my orbit every day. They would bring me awe. So I have to look for awe purposefully, and Sarah Johnson has in awe guests every Single week that just predominantly women that are just inspiring, just awe inspiring people. Again, doing the work and the the holy work, right? Whether it's motherhood or entrepreneurism or being in the classroom, being a leader in your, in your, with your school family, just people that you can stand in awe of and grow alongside.
0: Thank you, Barbara. Those are excellent suggestions there for different podcasts for us to subscribe and tune into each week. I want to thank you for your time this afternoon. And how can people find you online? My blog is called
1: The Corner on Character. So if you do corneroncharacter.com, that's how it comes up probably the most easily. I've also got a page on Facebook. So I just Really try to collect stories and, and strategies, resources, tools for your arsenal. And that's on facebook.com forward slash what's under your cape. I am also on Twitter at Barbara Gruner, B A R B A R A G R U. E-N-E-R. And I have a Pinterest page, which I have a collection of mindfulness activities. I have a growth mindset page. I have a collection of character clips and sports clips, social and emotional learning page. So I've tried to kind of, you know, that's my virtual filing cabinet, right? I've tried, kind of tried to gather resources there so that people who are following alongside have another avenue for finding something at their fingertips so they're not searching, searching, searching for something that maybe I've written or endorsed.
0: And it's vetted by an educator. I think that's so important. So they can find great content on Pinterest that's been embedded by you.
1: Yes, yes, yes. You've taken the time to go through, because I mean, you can pin every single thing you see, right? But I'm going for like quality. Teachers don't have a lot of extra time. And so somebody who wants to study mindfulness, I don't know, maybe there's 150 pins and, and they can kind of see anywhere from a guided meditation that I've done, that I've connected with. The chocolate meditation is so much fun. Maybe things I've written about that have to do with my research on mindfulness. So yeah, I like that idea that it's vetted by someone who knows someone who's been there in the trenches with you, and somebody who's um, still growing alongside of you, just in a different capacity this year.
0: Well, Barbara, I know after our interview today, I'm going to check out your Facebook page. That chocolate meditation totally perked my ears up. And definitely, I will be ordering your book on Amazon. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And I can't wait to shine a light on the great work that you do. And thanks for all the advice for our pre-service teacher friends out there.
1: My pleasure. Once you do a chocolate meditation, it's called mindful eating. You will never eat fast food again. So beware, mindful eating. And it just really asks you to savor every bite. And I would say to your pre-service teachers, savor every, every single moment of that first year, that second year, that fifth year, that 20th year, that 30 year, stay in the moment with those littles and you will be blessed beyond measure.
0: All right, friends, there you have it. One of my favorite takeaways from this interview, besides the chocolate meditation, was the Kids Before content. Remember, teach our students first and the content will come later. As promised, there is a contest going on for today's episode. You can win a signed copy of What's Under Your Cape, written by Barbara Gruner, and a signed copy of Magic. So three easy steps to do this. First, you need to follow Barbara on Twitter at B-A-R-B-A-R-A-G-R-U-E-N-E-R. That's Barbara Gruner. And you also need to follow me on Twitter at S-F-E-C-I-C-H. Once you follow the two of us, step one, check done. Next is you post a takeaway from the interview. What's your favorite takeaway from our conversation today? Step three is to tag us in that tweet. So don't forget to add a at Svestage and at Barbara Gruner to your tweet, and the two hashtag hashtag what's under your cape and hashtag magic to that tweet. So, three easy peasy steps to win a signed copy of edgy magic and a signed copy of what's under your cape. First, follow the two of us on Twitter at @sfesich at Barbara Gruner. Next, post a takeaway from the interview tagging both of us in that tweet and using the hashtags hashtag what's under your cape and hashtag edgy magic. I wish you the best of luck. This contest will run until June 30th at 11.59pm Eastern, so stay tuned. The winner will be announced after that. Alright, friends, to get all the resources that were mentioned today, make sure you head on over to sfessage.com forward slash podcast. There you can find the show notes, where to subscribe, and also a form to be a guest on the show if you are interested. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast, review and rate it, and share the love. There you have it, friends. Remember that you have the edgy magic within you. I need you in my professional learning network so please make sure that you subscribe and share all that you are learning and doing in and out of the classroom with hashtag edumagic until then I'll see you next time